Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory. I'm Luis Cruz. Every week on this podcast, we tackle important questions about journalism ethics and give you a behind-the-scenes look at our industry and what's happening in our newsroom. This week, we're discussing the ethics around story analytics and whether journalists should worry about subscription conversions. Joining me today to discuss this topic are UT Community Engagement Specialist Bella Ross, Pacific and Community Guides Editor Abby Hamlin, Government and Watchdog Editor Sam Schultz, Managing Editor Laura Sacalo, and we begin with Editor and Publisher Jeff Light. Jeff? Okay, thank you, Luis. I think this is a, a, a pretty interesting topic, and let me just give a little background for listeners on this uh, concept of uh, digital analytics, um, uh, which really I think grows out of uh, the e-commerce field, uh, which is so uh, so important in, uh, in the digital space. So basically here at the Union Tribune, as at uh, uh, media outlets, big and small, uh, we track very closely through technology, how many people read our stories, how those readers found the story, uh, how much time they spent on the story, what zip code they come from, uh, whether they uh, 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 went on to read a second story or a third story, whether they subscribed, whether they got into uh, the subscription checkout process and abandoned the uh, subscription, all the things that you would think of um, uh, Amazon.com doing or any other uh, uh, business that's selling something on the internet. So um, this era of information, I guess, like everything uh, uh, today, has, has turned out to have some interesting implications, both for the good and the bad. And as journalists, on the one hand, uh, 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 the uh, our eyes have been opened to the notion that some of our stories are better read than others. And that seems like pretty important information because writing stories that nobody is interested in or that nobody is reading uh, would be uh, uh, would be a waste of our time and resources and of our responsibility to the community. On the other hand, writing stories to make a sale, uh, I think is a problem because as journalists, we shouldn't be concerned in any way about self-interest. We should be concerned strictly about the community interests. So this idea that um, uh, we're that our journalists are trying to um, make a sale, uh, serve a customer, that's a little bit different than the spirit of journalism that underlies our company. So uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. I actually wanted to start with... Uh, Laura Sicalo, our managing editor, and somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about and teaching media ethics. So Laura, uh, you're active uh, in all of our conversations about analytics every day. Tell me how you think about all of this. Well, to your point, I think analytics can tell us uh, a lot. They can tell us who who is reading, you know, within certain parameters and um, the rate at which people are reading. But I think analytics can also be very distracting to us as as journalists, especially in pursuit of a big traffic number. And for me, I think, you know, our 
role as journalists is to pursue the truth and to report it without fear or favor. And that doesn't necessarily always square up with traffic numbers. And I think an overemphasis on analytics can create a lot of confusion. And I, I think I, I see that especially when journalists try to, you know, dig down to the cause and effect and try to interpret what it is that may have caused a story to do really well in terms of, you know, putting up a high number or um, gaining a lot of, of traffic and eyeballs. And I think that cause and effect, one, is very hard to discern and certainly very hard to discern accurately. And I think it can lead people astray at times because there may be a feeling that they understand the cause and effect and, oh, we should do more of this because it creates traffic. And our understanding about that cause and effect is really very, very limited. Sometimes it's it seems pretty obvious why a story got a lot of eyeballs. And other times it seems very, very difficult to, to understand. Um, but I think, you know, our role as journalists is not to be focused on those numbers. As you said, we want to serve the community. And one measure of serving the community is, are we writing things that resonate and have meaning? But there are lots of ways to measure that other than online analytics, I think. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Although, of, of course, the the uh, the danger is sort of uh, well, we'll just have our head in the sand, right? We'll we'll keep uh, typing away the things that are interesting to uh, to us, regardless of what kind of signal is coming in. So, uh, I think it's sort of tough to balance. Yes. Yeah. Although I would I would argue that the signals coming in should be multifaceted if we're doing our job right. We're plugged into the community in myriad ways, and we're not just looking at the the analytics of our online performance to to gauge whether or not we're meeting the needs of the community. Yeah, uh, let's talk. To, let's turn to Sam Schultz. Sam, you uh, have a uh, a pretty impressive career in digital media, and uh, um, are pretty adept in, in in this part of the of the industry. T tell me a little bit about. Um, how you've used analytics in the different uh, the different companies that you've worked for, and, and your thoughts about some of this? Yeah, I think um, so. I think that last point that Laura made is an important one. That um, that analytics can be particularly valuable in um, in helping to gauge how and how our journalism is connecting with readers, and who and what they're doing with that. But it's really only one tool toward that. And that's something that I think I have especially seen in the world of newsletters over the last couple of years, as we see, for instance, that some of our most cherished analytics have become less reliable, say. Hmm. Um, I think there's really an appeal in analytics in particular as this way of gauging that engagement that readers have with our work because it's it appears to be this nice tidy hard number but sometimes as we've as we've learned those numbers aren't actually that hard or that tiny 
And I think it always needs to be balanced with really much more direct feedback from readers too, um, whether in the form of uh, qualitative research um, performed via surveys and uh, interviews with readers and the communities we want to be our readers, and also really just with feedback that our reporters solicit from their readers in the day-to-day in their reporting. And that's that coupled with those analytics, I think is what can be particularly valuable. That's that's one place that particularly in my digital career, newsletters are especially valuable because you have that direct connection with your readers and you know an opportunity in the day-to-day to ask them what matters the most to you. Um, did this story connect with you? What questions have we not answered that we can be answering to deliver you more of the journalism that's more relevant to to your life? Yeah, yeah. The you know in uh, newsletter analytics in particular, I feel like there, uh, what we're doing is pretty close to a classic performance marketing, right? So. Uh, Like in the newsletter group, you would uh, test different subject lines for the same for the same uh, article, right? Uh, Mar-a-Lago raided or FBI raids Trump's house, which one performs better? So, um, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because on the one hand, you you really can find a, a real difference in that kind of testing. But then I always end up feeling like, is that really what the journalists should be thinking about, right? Like, uh, we talk about uh, the headlines on our stories in, in this very same way. How can we find headlines that perform? Um, and I guess I, I guess I'm of two minds about it. I'm not really sure to what extent we're advancing our ability to communicate uh, with clarity and to create work that uh, that's impactful. Um, through this kind of measurement, so where we can see the response, where sometimes I feel like ah, oh, we're focused on, you know, these peripheral issues when really the heart of the matter is our legitimacy in the community, uh, the uh, the quality of our the substance and quality of our work. So I'm not sure there's a question in there, Sam, but uh, I don't know uh, how you think about those things. Definitely. Well, when it comes to when it comes to things like decisions on headlines, I'm I'm always clear with reporters that that's that's something I consider my job. And I think it's helpful for reporters to have access to some of this information so that they can help hold me accountable. Right. They can Mm. you know, they can say, hey, you know, this headline on this story I wrote that's on a topic that tends to, you know, really be very popular among our subscribers maybe it wasn't a great headline and the story seems like it underperformed. That's helpful for me to know uh, so mm-hmm. that I can help connect their journalism with, with our readers. I think when it comes to, I, to me, I think there is sometimes the danger of, you know, noticing, well, gee, a lot of these stories don't get great traffic. Um, maybe I shouldn't be doing them. It's those sort of like larger decisions on coverage directions that, I think to to your point was is one of the potential dangers and obviously different reporters covering different beats are going to be 
um, you know, these are, these are not apples to apples comparisons necessarily. Somebody covering, you know, some, somebody covering, you know, pop culture is going to be getting far more, uh, far more visits to their stories probably than somebody covering some, you know, arcane energy policy say, um, that's to be expected. And that doesn't make, uh, and obviously that doesn't make the latter less relevant, but I think being able to being able to maximize how how those stories connect with their intended audiences um, is is where those analytics to me help yeah. come into play. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, we were chatting a little bit uh, before uh, before we got started here. You know, what is the job? of a journalist and what is the job of a story? I'm not think I'm not sure I'm persuaded that the job of every story is to be as big as possible. Uh, because I think if we, uh, if we followed that route, uh, we would, uh, we would trend toward celebrity. We would trend toward, uh, uh, um, sort of the, Maybe we call it the greatest common denominator, but the question is, is our uh, role as a journalistic organization really built that way? You know, I mean, aren't there components of what we do that taken together form the value of of our report? Um, This is something, Bella, you were talking about uh, a little bit before we got started. Uh, Your group, the opinion group, uh, um, covers a lot of issues and uh, and um, works with a lot of community voices on issues big and small. How, how are you thinking about analytics? Right, so we um, in the opinion section are generally running essays. Um, so those would be written by members of the community versus by reporters and also editorials from the editorial board weighing in on issues small and large. And I think that for us, like when you run an essay that's written by a member of the community, more often than not, it's not going to do as well as some big report from one of our Union Tribune reporters. But that can be really important for community work still. I think that, you know, the way newspapers normally operate is telling stories about people And in this case, we're able to let them tell their own story. So not only is it important to that individual, but it can be important to their network of people to see themselves represented in the newspaper. And I think that that could be huge for building trust. Um, But, you know, it's not going to translate always to the biggest numbers. So the way that I kind of think about it is not viewing poor performance as something that we need to stop doing. Like if a story doesn't get a ton of numbers that we just can't be doing that story anymore, but more like how can we improve in that area? I see them as opportunities because, you know, if somebody, if we write a story, for instance, we ran a bunch of essays about the Arab American um, Film Festival, I believe it was, and that was super important to the Arab American community, but, you know, wasn't something that was going to get a ton of views. And obviously our goal with that isn't to get every person in San Diego County to read those stories. Like it's Mm. more for that specific community but it also could be an indication like maybe we should be doing more work with this community so that they know that our newspaper is a source 
for stories about things that are relevant to them, but maybe that work hasn't gone far enough yet to where they, that relationship has been established. Um, and, you know, SEO and all that stuff falls into that because, you know, we also need to make sure that the people that these stories matter most to are able to find them. And yeah. so headlines and all those things still matter a lot. And there's always ways that we can frame issues differently to make sure that it's reaching the audience that it's intended to. Yeah, super uh, good point. I think, uh, uh, or at least very meaningful to me, what you just said. Sometimes a uh, a low result on a story doesn't mean stop doing it. It means need to do more of it, right? So um, uh, the the glib analysis of the numbers doesn't necessarily steer us in the right direction. So um, I think that's a really good point. Okay, I wanted to turn to Abby. Uh, Abby, you, um, I think, have had a, a, a real uh, knack for using um, uh, analytics of all sorts to help figure out what are people interested in? What are people talking about? What questions do they have? Which I think is a really great way of, uh, of looking at this sort of data. I just thought maybe you could tell us about uh, your approach. Yeah, so I would agree with what has already been said about multiple forms of input and feedback. Obviously, you should be out in your communities and readership talking to people. Um, you should be getting feedback in more ways than just digital analytics. Um, but I would add, you know, talking about uh, how much journalists should have to pay attention to the analytics. Um, a lot of newsrooms have, you know, specific people who focus on that full time. And sort of do just for context to the people listening, you know, do the sort of coaching and um, so, sort of informative work um, to help drive decisions on like packaging and delivery um, so that, you know, some of the journalists don't have to think about it so much. But I think this conversation really requires um, focusing on like the digital landscape and the reality that we're in as a newspaper. So I think there's if you're using analytics to determine whether you should cover or some cover something or not, that's probably not the way to go. But if you're using analytics to determine how you should cover something or how you should mm. deliver it, I think that's the big difference. So, you know, if we find that there's a big crowd on Instagram, um, you know, maybe we should be putting the news there. If this particular um, community is interested in this story in newsletters, you know, that tells you something about how to package the news and, you know, all these things are changing all the time. A lot of people read their news on their phone more than their desktop. I think that's a big, big for us. Um, so you have to think about the ways you're delivering the news and analytics. You know, I always try and talk to people about this because I think the term clickbait is thrown around really casually. And I previously worked as an audience engagement editor. And I always told people my job is to figure out how we deliver the news. You know, people have a lot of competition for their attention on their phones in the digital space. And, you know, if they want something they can read in three minutes or less, can we get them that? A lot of people like their news reports on their, um, you know, Alexa or Google home speakers. Uh, that's just a huge part of the news industry now. And it's just the part of the digital reality. Um, so I would just add that I think analytics are more important for how you deliver the news and how you package it and what you can learn about what you know, it's like the user experience. How do people like the, to read their news? You know, do people like it in print newspapers or do they like it on their phone? Um, those things are all part of the analytics story. Yeah, super well said. You know, I feel like this conversation is sort of the other end of a previous conversation we had on this podcast 
about payment for journalism, right? That uh, uh, the ethics of the entire business side that enables journalism in society. Um, so I think this is an interesting, um, uh, an interesting angle on that same conversation. Probably all we have time for today, Luis. Uh, and thank you for everybody for uh, your early thoughts on this topic. Thank you very much, Jeff. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Don't forget to listen to San Diego News Fix with Christy Totten for an in-depth look at local stories making headlines throughout the week. You can find San Diego News Fix wherever you get your podcasts. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.